Good morning, good evening, good night, folks. This is your Football Scout 365 host and analyst, Woody Massey, and I'm here with all of staff today. We got CJ McLaughlin. Hasn't had his morning coffee yet. How you doing, C? What do you do, fellas? I'm doing doing great, actually. Feeling real zen, you know? Here, couldn't tell. Yeah. Nate, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How about yourself, Woody? I'm doing okay. Brandon, what's up? <laughs> Hey, when you say staff, I mean, everybody knows it's like 1099. Right? <laughs> yeah, we know. I, I get a little back. worried with these. Words. <laughs> All right, guys. So we're changing the cram session. As cool as that name sounds and takes us back to our college days, we're doing the two minute drill because we got to get down to two minutes. And uh, shout out to the dude who <laughs> got 10 days. bucks in DoorDash last week. I hope you enjoyed it. Let us know in the comments what you ordered. But here we go, baby. Start the clock. Tom Brady to join Fox Sports as lead NFL analyst when playing career ends. Looks like we found Troy Aikman's replacement. Felony arrest warrant issued for former All-Pro safety Earl Thomas. Didn't we just talk about him like a week ago on this too? Thomas reportedly threatened to poison wife and kids. Thomas has been married to his wife since 2016. Just a few weeks, it was reported that Errol Thomas was interested in making a comeback. He had to pay for the poison. Denver Broncos' rumored sale price projected to exceed $5 billion. That's wow. a lot of money. Holy crap. New York Giants are releasing Pro Bowl cornerback James Bradbury after failing to find a trade partner. This move will save about $10 million in cap room. New general manager Joe Schoen was seeking trade offer prior to free agency in March. In his statement, the Giants GM said, Listen, he is a starting quarter- cornerback in this league. It's just where we are financially. Despite the release, Giants will have close to $30 million in dead money this upcoming season, fifth most in the NFL. Shout out Nate Soldier. Las Vegas Raiders ex-president speaks out. Raiders former vet president Dan Ventrell has spoken out after being wrongfully terminated by owner Mark Davis. Ventrell said he was fired as a retaliation for informing the league and alleged complaints, claiming Davis created a hostile work environment as well as other potential misconduct, which he says Davis dismissed. And, uh, you know, who knows coming out of the Raiders organization. In other news, Tyreek Hill challenges DK Metcalf to a race. Proceeds will go to charity. I got Tyreek all day. All is well in the Bay. Debo Samuel refollows the San Francisco 49ers on Twitter. And the Miami Dolphins sign Sony wow. Michelle. That is a deep running back core. You got uh, Michelle, Chase Edmonds. Raheem Moster, and they still got Gaskins and Ahmed. So, Jesus. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, a lot of, that's a lot of average backs. That's what that is. <laughs> Which favor of gray, flavor of gray would you like? Uh, right. Uh, here, quickly. I think Tom Brady is going to be an awesome analyst. Yeah. I disagree. Really? He's been great at literally everything else. I feel like we expect him <laughs> to be great at this. I feel yeah. like, no, look, it makes me think uh, Wayne Wayne Gretzky, huh? greatest hockey player of all time. Yeah. People didn't necessarily like him as, you know, in the broadcast booth. So Magic I'm interested Johnson. to see how this works. Magic Johnson oh, was the worst that was brutal. Yeah, that was not good. I mean, so, like, he, he did, like, I'm just thinking back to the Manning cast. He was great. Like, anytime he talks about football or recalls situations, he's been really good. Like, I just expect him to be Tony Romo, just better and more personable. I don't know if there's anyone more personable than Tony. Tony seems like a guy that you meet at the bar. You just have a 20-minute conversation. Tony's at, at, he's definitely at the pinnacle. But, I mean, I could see Tom Brady being that good. I just, look, I'm just going out on a limb. He's good at everything else. 
Maybe he sucks in the broadcast booth. So do you think, looking at the Las Vegas Raiders incident, do you think, because a couple weeks ago, Mark Davis came out and in support of Colin Kaepernick. Do you think that that was trying to get out uh, in front of this situation? Let's see his emails. <laughs> Open <laughs> up those emails. That's how I feel. I hope like, he has one it, to his barber. Like, can you give me the worst haircut of all time? There's an ownership problem in the NFL. I mean, that's, that's it's, there's an ownership problem. Yeah. Sounds about white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Who wins in Tyree Kill and DK? We're in the dog DK. days of summer. We're just we're talking about the flavor. DK, thing. DK all day, hundred yard sprint. I remember DK chasing down Buddha Baker. Yo, Ooh, yeah. give me DK in a in a hundred yard sprint. In a hundred yards, that might be it. That might Tyree yards... can get to top speed faster. I think DK over a hundred yards can stay at top speed for yeah. longer. I could be super wrong, and I see Brandon. Obviously, he's going hill here, but you know, I gotta get a I don't know something to talk about. It, I think it. I think it's gonna be close. I, I think it'll be close regardless. I, it's gonna be interesting because they didn't like. Did they say the specific distance? Is it a hundred? Yeah, I need to know that. No, they, they didn't say. Like, if oh, it's around, know, it could be a ten-yard sprint, and they raise my. <laughs> oh, Anything, anything 40 or under, I think I'm taking Tyreek, but like anything above 40, I think you can flip a coin. If uh, this is the last one to close it out, Debo Samuel back on the 49ers. Now's your chance. Super Bowl, no Super Bowl. No Super Bowl. This season, no. 49ers are still trying to figure out what's going on with Trey Lance, I hear. So I think that's a smoke screen. They might. I'm not going to say you, it, man. Might. I think the Trey Lance thing is a smokescreen. They really like what he's doing because we never know what they're up to. I, mean, that, I that like that. Make, yeah. You don't even know the pun that you did there. Smokescreen with uh, Big Trent Williams out leading the way. Yeah. I dig that. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Well, that's the two-minute drill. No free food for anybody this week. Uh, nice. Let's do trivia, CJ. Hey. So, you know, as I told you guys a few weeks ago, you guys won't gonna get anything right for like the next five or six weeks, Uh-oh. cause I'm such a nice guy. I don't want to do that, okay? So I'll give you guys a chance this week. So Football Scout 365 trivia fans, without further ado, here is this week's trivia question. Since 2000, who has had the most games of at least 150 receiving yards? Since 2000, who has had the most games of at least 150 receiving yards? And uh, who wants to go first? Nasty Nate, what you got for me, dog? I'm going to go Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald. Solid guess. Okay, okay. Uh, Let's see. Brandon's licking his lips. So, Brandon, you want to go next? Oh man! Since two thousand, uh, a little taller. Have you grown some? No, nah, it's the camera angle. I changed it. Make me sit on taller. two phone books. So that's true. True as well. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go with Tyreek Hill. Okay. Since two thousand, who has the most games of at least 150 receiving yards? Nasty Nate Parker gave me. Um, who'd you give me? Larry Fitz. 
play which thing. I mean, it means that's not right if he could remember. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Brandon gives me uh, who'd you give me? Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Hey, Woody, what you got? No, I was Antonio gonna give him a Brown. That's who I was gonna say, but it's a trick question. Actually, oh, no, right. no, Julio Jones. Julio Jones. Antonio Brown makes sense though. All right. All right, so since 2000, who has the most games of at least 150 receiving yards? Uh, Nasty Nate Parker gave me Larry Fitzgerald. Mr. Consistency, it's not a bad guess. Um, Brandon Lundberg gave me Tyreek Hill. Solid guess. Mm. Woody gives me Antonio Brown and Julio Jones. <laughs> Damn it, Randy um, Moss. Ouch. All of you guys are wrong. Damn which kind of makes me a little Happy. excited inside. A little, a little bit, you know. The correct answer, and Woody, honestly, bro, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised you didn't get this one. Um, Terrell Owens, 17. Oh, 17 man. games of at least 150 receiving that, yards. That, that was the next one. In I, my I head, like, I was like, Julio got so many big yardage games. I bet Julio holds the record, and I, I can research this for most 200-yard games in his career, probably outside of Jerry Rice, perhaps. But yeah. uh, the top five in order, Terrell Owens, 17, Julio Jones, 16, oh. Alvin Johnson, 15, Antonio Brown, 14, and in fifth place, you guys won't guess who it is. Julian Edelman. No. Smaller. Oh, Ooh, Wes Walker, small. maybe? No, it's not Wes Walker. Come on, tough Steve guy. Steve Smith, boom. There we go. Oh, wow. Yeah, go. that's a good one. So I got, I got, I got four out of the five. <laughs> there you go. Good job. Excuse me. <laughs> Hey, uh, the, answer, did you guys see... the answer to the most 200-yard receiving games is actually Calvin Johnson. Oh, okay. Wow. Good research. Good quick yeah. research. Who Who's second on that list? Is it Julio? Uh, so it's it's Calvin Johnson tied with uh, Lance Allworth, and then it's yeah. Jerry Rice and Charlie Hannigan. And then it's... <laughs> wait for it. I've literally it never is... heard the name Charlie Hannigan. That's crazy. Not once. And then... Julio Jones is tied for a receiver that has been in the league for less than a decade. Oh, wow. Hill. Wow. Can you give? No, it is not. Can you give me this receiver? Less than a decade. He has played for three different teams. Brandon Cooks. Nope. Hmm. Uh, Who is it? We're running out of time. Amari Cooper. Oh, man. Ah. I would have never guessed that. I would have never guessed that either. That's wild. Yeah. And he has had some big games, but he's never on the tip of my I was talking to uh, the brothers last night, Caleb and Jesse. And I said, man, if Deshaun Watson comes back, Jamari Cooper's back in the top 10. <laughs> Bro, guys, wait for this. Jamar Chase already has two. Yeah, yep. sounds about right. <laughs> what he said, I was talking to the brothers last night. I'm like, where is this going? What brothers was he talking to? <laughs> I went down to the burning trash can. We I was in Compton. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, football fans, that's it for the Football Scout 365 trivia question. Uh, no one got it right this week. That is the third week in a row that uh, wow. no one has gotten it right. And hopefully uh, that streak continues. Speaking on trivia while we're here, um, I figured I'd let the listeners know. So, you know, in the dog park, in my, my dog park club, I was actually recruited and invited on a trivia team, and I have a trivia competition tonight at 7 o'clock. Oh, man. All right. 
That dog park's gonna be your end, man. <laughs> hey, look, I'm just trying to assimilate. You dig <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> That's it for oh, Football wow. Scout 365. Prepping for Canada. <laughs> hey, real quick, Tom Brady's contract with Fox, 10 years, $375 million. That's ridiculous. This is gonna be That's, his worst year. This is gonna is be his same worst year of- ever. That is the same amount of money he's made in his entire career in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? He can't well, retire soon enough. I mean, unlike Tom Troy Aikman, he's probably not going to start looking like a camel after all those booze because he don't be drinking like that. So. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go into the show topic today, which we're picking our biggest winners and losers of the offseason. So... Uh, to kick it off, everybody give me a team and why they won their offseason. Nate, why don't you kick us off? Uh, I am going with uh, no, no, uh, no surprise here. The Detroit Lions. Wow. Um, it's crazy. I know. Um, I love what they did in the offseason uh, through both the draft project process and free agency. Uh, they got Aiden Hutchinson to shore up that D line, um, and provide some pressure. Uh, I love what they did in the wide receiver room, signed DJ Chark, stole him from Jacksonville for $10 million, which is half as much as they're paying, uh, Christian Kirk this year. Uh, good work. Um, added Jamison Williams, a re-signed Josh Reynolds, giving Jared Goff, you know, every opportunity to prove that he's a decent quarterback, which he will fail at, but that's okay. Um, because they did everything they could to put themselves in a position to win. And also they're still, everyone knows they're still rebuilding and they're poised to continue with two firsts next year. Are they a playoff contender? In, in, in that division? Absolutely not. No, the Vikings, the Vikings and the Pack, the Vikings and the Packers will likely both make the playoffs. I think we actually see the lions. If it's not this year, next year, it's going to be swift. They'll, they'll, when you build from the inside, one year it clicks. I like that, Nate. That's a great take, man. Uh, Brandon, give me your biggest winner of the offseason. Yeah, so the Bengals, we already know, they wanted to improve the offensive line. I know they killed it last year by picking Jamar Chase uh, in last year's draft, for example. And I was big on them, you know, going Panay Sewell, or at least offensive linemen, right? Uh, early in the draft last year, they didn't do that. Uh, Burrow took, you know, 70 sacks this past season and uh, the Bengals, you know, came out and they attacked that their biggest need, which is protecting their greatest asset. As we discuss all the time, being the most important thing, you protect your greatest asset and surround them with uh, the right kind of weapons. And that's exactly what the Bengals were able to do. Uh, they did that in free agency uh, by signing, you know, Alex Kappa, um, they also got Lyle Collins and, uh, I think it's, what's his name? Karras. What's his first name? I can't remember his first name, but anyway, they got three offensive linemen in free agency. Um, and on top of that, they go into the draft and they didn't really have any needs in the NFL draft. And that's how, you know, you're in, in the right kind of position, right? Yeah. As a, as an NFL team, you're in the right kind of position when you go into the draft and you can just kind of take the best available. They were able to do that. And and they're they're thinking ahead now, right? You know, they're looking at the Jesse Bates contract. So they go out. What do they do? They get Dax Hill in the draft. Uh, they got another uh, a corner uh, slash safety in the draft. To on top of that, in addition to that, because Dax Hill's more of uh, a nickel corner. Um, so they attacked best available 
they hit the nail on the head in the draft in that regard. I think the Bengals have had an excellent offseason. And look, they were a, a year ahead of schedule, right? You know, you look, they, yeah. they were in the Super Bowl. I figured, you know, by now, maybe this year, year three, get, you know, Burrow get a full year under his belt after being hurt as a rookie. You'd go into year three as a potential like playoff contender, maybe get to the AFC title game if you're lucky. But man, they, they're way ahead of schedule in that regard and they're in position to potentially do it again. Yeah. I think I think we forgot that the Bengals were in the Super Bowl too, actually. Like that's it's yeah. like they were there. <laughs> Still didn't seem real, like even in the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you don't expect it when your quarterback's getting handled like that, you know? And we we talked about it on the podcast over and over again. Like, oh yeah. I mean, even when they got into the playoffs, the concern is can they protect Joe Burrow and they how did many enough. times during the playoffs did were we holding our breath when Joe's knee yeah. got taken straight to the ground? Yeah, he, he did. Cut, yeah. yeah, yeah. But was that in the Super Bowl or was that in the it was AFC in the championship? Super game. Bowl. Yeah. yeah, and the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, CJ, give us your biggest winner. Um, my biggest winner this off season. I know it sounds crazy, but we always hear your biggest competition is yourself. Focus on yourself, not on on others. So. Uh, my biggest winner here is the New Orleans Saints. Um, biggest reason why coming into the offseason, it was there was a debacle, right? Like Sean Payton retires, the 75 million over the cap. You got uh, Marcus Williams pending free agent. You got Teron Armstead pending free agent, and they they lost those guys. But I mean, here we go. Fast forward it four months later. You you're aggressive during the draft. You trade up. You get Trevor Penning, big tackle to fill that spot. Um, you also go out and get some speed and Chris Olave, um, just to pair him up with Michael Thomas. That's a hell of a duo that we're not talking about. Last year we always talked about New Orleans how they lacked deep speed with or without Michael Thomas. And now they have legit four three guy that can move the chains and is also a, a wonderful uh, route runner. We know the New Orleans State's offense, Brandon, and you can speak to this. A lot of crossers, a lot of shallow routes, a lot of short stuff. Chris Olave ran a lot of that stuff at Ohio State. He should be able to fit in seamlessly. Yeah. Um, but then also to get Alante Taylor, you know, mm. out of Tennessee, cornerback, great value there. I think he can come in and start day one, former receiver. So he has some ball skills there. Um, but then also to go out there and you signed uh, – Marcus May away from the Jets to fill that void at safety. And then you also go out and you sign the Honey Badger as well. And Jameis Winston, I don't know if you guys have seen the videos, but he's throwing. He looks good. Rehab looks to be going well. I think um, just in 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 hindsight, knowing where the Saints could have been and where they are now, um, I think they really won this offseason. Uh, good point. No, I like that. They uh That's they went in big. and things were looking grim. Sean Payton left. Real grim. And you know, coming in like, oh, you guys might go five hundred. Yeah. yeah. I think the now, I mean I would say they're still contenders. That. Yeah. Man. We'll see. I'd like to see if they open it up with Jameis a little bit. They're not gonna go anywhere if they keep him buttoned up like they did last I week. agree. I agree. Uh all right, well I guess that leaves little old me. And um my biggest winner, surprise, surprise. San Diego Superchargers. Wait, what? Former, former San Diego. Yeah, you're right. Los Angeles Chargers. Oh, sorry. That just sounds like a Coke thing. 
<laughs> but uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, we got Justin Herbert leading the way again. They brought back his favorite target that a lot of people they thought were going to let walk, Mike that was Williams. Huge. Yeah. He can stay healthy. You know, that wide receiving core with him, Keenan Allen. And the fact that the blend of it, they got two good uh, young guys underneath that. Jalen Gutton, an amazing deep threat. Joshua Palmer, we saw what he did last year in that Raiders game, that game-time touchdown before the season ended. Guys, is going to be a beast. Then a sly move that they did for much cheaper than who they had before. They let go of Jared Cook, who actually had a really good season for them last year. And they brought in Gerald Everett, who I feel is a more financially, like, savvy pickup because he does the same thing he blocks well catches the ball well downfield for a guy his size and he's actually pretty fast and they brought back donald parham jr who they're going to bring back who's been you know showing flashes over the years and they're probably going to give him a bigger role this year in the draft they drafted a starting guard they got a starting safety they went out they signed bryce callahan one of the most underrated nickelbacks in the league they brought in all pro J- cornerback J.C. Jackson to be the number one. They drafted Asante Samuel Jr. last year. He turned out to be a great pick. Jesus. Good job. I forgot about all that stuff. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. It's, it's a... but not, and it's not over. So they went out, got Khalil Mack. So now they got Khalil Mack yeah. and Joey Bosa. But get this. They bring in veteran rush and Super Bowl presence Kyle Van Noy from the New England Patriots on yeah. top of those two guys. This is I can't believe they cut Kyle Benoit. That was nuts. Uh, yeah, I don't. Patriots seem like the only team that don't understand the salary cap. We signed two tight ends for forty million. Like it's amazing. Like the Saints were forty-five million over the salary cap, and they made it. And the Patriots like, oh, we got to cut one of our best players. Can't make it work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> their biggest weakness arguably is in the middle of the defense uh, linebacker. But that's yeah. it. I mean, Kenneth Murray yeah. at linebacker. See how he improves. But outside of that, man, holy crap. I want to preface this segment by saying this. And this is a little cushion for all of us. You know, a little, you know, safety net. Um, You can't buy championships, right? So the game still has to be played. So we're all acknowledging that these teams made some great moves in free agency and in the draft. in the best position. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what it comes to. Whenever I hear... Um, and, and this is the most movement we've ever had in the offseason. I always think back to, I think, I want to say it was the Philadelphia Eagles back in 2010, 2011. They spent a yeah. lot of money in free agency. It was, like, supposed to be a super team, and they missed the playoffs. So, you know, game still has to be played. But uh, by all means, that's that's <laughs> the Chargers are loaded. And, yeah, they're, they're oh, like and I the didn't Bengals. even bring up, they may have found a better, more physical fit for this offense in the late rounds at running back, like yeah. Austin Eckler is amazing. Isaiah Spiller is a battering ram. Like that's just yeah, something they haven't that, had in years past. And he's a good wide receiver. So the fact that you can have the small agile guy in Eckler and then switch without changing the playbook to a yeah. battering ram like Isaiah Spiller, who's still a receiving threat, just adds yeah. more versatility to this offense. Yeah. What I love. Sorry. Go ahead. No, it's behind the offensive line that you put together as well, which yeah. is fantastic. But yeah, go ahead. Every every move the Chargers made this offseason seemed like it, it it married something, right? So you go out, you draft Zion uh Zion Johnson from Boston College. Guard. Guards are are very important to the run game. They can oh, be that guy, final this guy carry especially. on top for the run game. They can make exactly. a good good line great. Yeah, this exactly. guy he is a difference maker in that regard. 
and so then you go out and get Isaiah Spiller. So you got Johnson to not only protect uh, Herbert, but also to improve that run game. Then you go out there and get Spiller. And then Bryce Callahan. I didn't know they picked Bryce Callahan up. He's a great nickel corner to go out there with Samuel. And, like, this This. This is scary. This is, this is very, very scary. Yeah, it is, yeah, really is definitely interesting to see. I mean, they're they're in position now to to be just like kind of the Bengals, just kind of they've already yeah. upgraded in so many areas. Now it's just like they're adding icing on top, you know, getting Isaiah Spiller yeah. the, where they got him, for example, that's icing on the cake. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like it's going to come down to <laughs> offensive play calling. And yeah. for the most part, because they left, they let they let Justin Herbert stay corked up for the most of the, most of the season limiting his throws and his progressions but maybe that changes this coming year and it, yeah. it to close it out this is the perfect year to do it like they went out when all the whole division upgraded they went out and upgraded the most like they yeah. this might pay off like this was the year to do it uh let's talk about the biggest losers this offseason brandon you have the packers yes uh, my main concern with the Packers, you know, coming into, into today and after the draft, you know, I look at the wide receiver situation. I look at the Devonte Adams thing, you know, we just got done talking about teams who kind of added icing to the cake, right? They had all the pieces there. Uh, they were able to draft kind of best available and, and things of that, uh, you know, nature. But what we've seen the Packers do in recent years is they've really just kind of skipped out on getting Aaron Rodgers the proper, uh, weapons to surround himself with while they already had Devontae Adams. So trying to find the next guy to kind of establish himself behind Devontae Adams has been uh, something that they haven't really honestly done. They've had some complimentary pieces, some guys who haven't stayed healthy in, in recent years. And, uh, you know, in this draft, they kind of fell back, right? Like they ended up getting Christian Watson, uh, Romeo Dubs. I believe they got him in the fourth or fifth round. Um, so you get two guys to kind of, you know, developmental guys, nonetheless, to take over for Devontae Adams. You didn't really fill the void. I, I think they have Sammy Watkins on the roster as well right now. Yeah. So it's kind <laughs> of like, what what's the real direction here? Versus like, if we were to look at the Chiefs, for example, they handled it a little bit better after, you know, they lost Tyreek Hill. They ended up getting Sky Moore. Still, in my mind, a guy who still needs a little bit of work, especially coming into the NFL. He's not going to replace Tyreek Hill out of the gate, but they at least they have Juju Smith-Schuster yeah. uh, in, in the fold. I, I just feel like the Packers didn't address it the way that I feel comfortable addressing it at the receiver position. If you're going to get it, if you're you're looking for instant impact potential, you should have moved up and tried to snag like a Jamison Williams or do something in that regard to really make a, a, a difference in that offense. I'm going to push back here just a little bit. Uh, when you look at Christian Watson, you look at a receiver with all the tools potentially, right? It's where he yeah. went to school. That was a problem. <laughs> it's a similar, I'm not saying this is who he is. This is a similar way they looked at Devontae Adams when they drafted him. This dude yeah. was coming out of Fresno State, had all the tools, is an absolute athletic freak. And they're like, well, they got him in the second round, turned in the best wide receiver in the league. I think I mean, that they're thinking that they're trying to strike magic twice. That's, I think that Christian Watson, with his tools, Aaron Rodgers will be able to utilize him more than we think in his rookie season. So, like, here, here's where I'm going to go with, with what you just said, Woody. Devontae Adams took essentially four years 
in the league to be to make it into the conversation As the of being one. the be- of of being the number one wide receiver or even the top. Like yeah. it was it was crazy how how long that took. It, and granted, he came into a wide receiver room, Jordy Nelson, prime Jordy Nelson, and Randall Cobb, Randall Cobb at his peak. So like I, I love I love that I, I I think Christian Watson could be. But he, the issue is like he's going to be thrust into a into a starting role immediately. No, Whereas Devontae, I think it'll be Sammy and Alan Lazard. I no, think I don't think absolutely not. Actually. Absolutely not. Like like enough, like either. he like at at minimum he's going to be the third wide receiver on the field ever for most plays. I I like Brandon's pick here. I a hundred percent agree with everything that he said. I'll say the one thing that may give Packers fans peace here is the track record that Green Bay has had just over the last decade, 15 years, and just especially in the second and third rounds drafting receivers. Now, to Nate's point, every time they drafted a second receiver that that eventually turned into a stud, they had a number one receiver there already. You know, whether it was Donald Driver, Greg Jennings, or Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, when that next guy got there, it was someone already in place. So... Um, it, it should be interesting. Yeah, and, uh, uh, their record last year—I can't remember what it was. I think it was like four and one or something like that. Without Devonte Adams, it was very good. Yeah, yeah Alan they, Lazard they... at it is coming into his own. If he can stay healthy, and I'm telling you, you know what? You want a hot right take? around that time? Go ahead. You want a hot take? Alan Lazard, if he plays at least sixteen games this year, at least a thousand yards, ten touchdowns. Okay, he could okay. be the guy. He could be the guy in this offense out of the gate. But I will yeah. say this: they're still good defensively. Mm-hmm. They built. They're, they're building that up. I mean, yeah, they they could be elite level. They're they, moving in that direction. They nil the whole Georgia defense. Yeah, which is a smart move. And then uh, when you look at the offensive line, though, there's some spots there that you look at and you're like, okay, some question marks there. But then your running back position, super solid. That's what I believe they're going to lean on. But in terms of them getting back and being absolutely in in contention this year, I don't think it's easy to say that the Packers are right there. But with Aaron Rodgers, anything is possible. You know, yeah, you lost. I mean, we if we just go back to Brennan to back back on that is we if we just look at the playoff loss they had last year. I mean, granted, it was in the snow. They couldn't stop the run. What is like CJ said this. Every Granted, time it was someone in the br- snow, but CJ, they lost to a California team. C- <laughs> CJ, CJ yeah. brings this up every time we bring up giving Aaron Rodgers more weapons. Having more weapons doesn't help you stop the run. And what Green Bay did in the first round with their first two picks literally helps them stop the run. I don't yeah. hate those first two picks. I just think that with the departure of Devonta Adams, they're in, they're in a world hurt on offense. I don't think so. I their second best almost- wide receiver is their running back. They were four and one without him. I think they'll survive. I just think when it gets when it comes down to it, and Rodgers needs that big play in a key moment, where's who's going to be that guy? Y'all's y'all's golden boy won five Super Bowls without wide receivers. So. And that that can we talk about that real fast, just real right. quick? Look at how the Patriots or Tom Brady's time with the Patriots kind of ended. Uh, and 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 if Rodgers can overcome that, is he that guy? Right. Tom Brady was able to do some things and the Patriots did some amazing things with a lot less than even what I'm looking at on paper right now, I think, yeah. uh, with the Packers. Yeah. So they, there's they're, they've got the defense. 
can Rodgers manage the offense a little bit differently? He's just not going to have that guy right now. Manage New England keyword. Yeah, manage it a bit differently because that that's it it will be a lot of managing as (laughs) without frustration out there scoring without without the head shakes. Yep. I've got three words. Brady had Gronk. (laughs) And Edelman for the most part. Yeah. So Aaron Jones. Uh, Yes. New, New England Patriots. CJ, this is your squad. Yeah, I, I think the Patriots, they lost the offseason here. Uh, you lose 40% of your offensive line, including Shaq Mason, who was a really good starting guard. Um, and, and Brandon, let me ask you this. That Patriot offense last year, what, what was the best thing that, that it did last year on offense? Oh, I would say run the ball. Exactly, and you lose both your guards. So that's going to hurt them there. Um, they did trade up, and they drafted uh, interior offensive lineman Cole Strange. That was a very strange pick. Um, you know, a lot of people said that they probably could have got him in the third or fourth round. Tate does look good. Obviously the quality of his opponent playing at a lower level, um, you know, you expect the guy to dominate there, but you know, in bill, they trust, I'm sure. But I mean, you lose stud JC Jackson signs a big contract over in LA. You trade Stephon Gilmore in the middle of the season last year. I just don't get it. And look, I'll leave it here. I trust Bill. I trust that New England front office just because he has a great track record. But I cannot say that this roster is nowhere near as talented as it was last year. And on top of that, this is more so about what's been done in the division this offseason. The Jets, the Dolphins, and the Bills have all had great offseasons compared to the Patriots. They don't even have an offensive coordinator. Did it's you guys just, know that? It they don't. They don't have a defensive that. coordinator no, either. If no, I'm it's not. Uh, Bill Belichick and then and then little little Bill is the D coordinator now. Psycho Bill, that dude. His son, grinding like crazy <laughs> with the mullet. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> on the sideline. Twenty four hours. I never stop. <laughs> no. But let me point something out here. Bill O'Brien was spotted up there at practice last week, so I'm wondering if there's. I think like, I said that. I said that a couple of weeks ago. I said, okay, I said, no, Bill O'Brien might be. Might well, right he's he's in, he's been at Alabama, but I mean, you can't go into the season without an OC and expect I mean, it's to. Weird. He was at Alabama. Who else was at Alabama on their team? Mac. Maybe maybe Belichick just trying to recoup some of that money that he spent last offseason. Hey, you owe me a sandwich. <laughs> Come to the facility. Um, I got a team for y'all. Uh-oh. The uh, Chicago Bears. Ooh. Ooh, yeah. what? That, that would be my next. Went all in last year, and you didn't have anything to go all in with. So gave away <laughs> your first-round pick this year. But I agree with it. They went and got Justin Fields. Y'all... I wasn't sure about Justin Fields. CJ, Brandon, Nate, all you guys were sold on Justin Fields. You were right. Kid's electric. Looks like he's going to be the franchise quarterback for years to come. But him and Allen Robinson didn't really vibe, I guess. May get that connection going during the season. Allen Which Robinson is a surprise. And Allen Robinson said, well, I'm not going to. That's not get paid thing. and not get thrown to. So he went to Los Angeles. Oh, my knee hurt. My knee hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, then, you know, they're stacked at running back with Montgomery, Herbert. 
That's a yeah. good one-two punch. But you figure they go out, try to replace Allen Robinson. They brought in the Chiefs' arguable fourth wide receiver, Byron Pringle. Hey, like, had that's not good, good enough? <laughs> and then you think, like, oh, they're going to get somebody for Justin in the draft, right? Well, they wait for the third round to get Velas Jones from Tennessee, which everyone oh, yeah, was like, oops! <laughs> Of all the wide receivers covered in draft, not once did anyone mention on any broadcast program Vila Jones. <laughs> yeah. It was like not saying he had a great year last year, but he had one. Not any other one. So we don't Just know. One. Yeah. I do want to point out Tennessee is, is you know, they haven't been great. At yeah, 100%. Utilizing yeah. talent when they have it. So, so they did that, and uh, that's questionable. So if I'm Justin fields i'm already like what where am i hey look look what are we doing here velas jones is already 25 too so Ooh. is he yeah. oh wow okay you, you know what you know what i want to point out and 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 i think, I think I've, heard, I've heard i've heard all of us say this at some point but history is doomed to repeat itself and the bears organization is like what is not is yeah exactly like what he said that f woody and and and, and, oh, CJ. and cj say C- this all CJ. the time yeah. like here's the thing what? How did Mitch Trubisky come to be? The the outgoing coach went up, reached, traded the farm for for a franchise quarterback. Oh wow! Yeah. Where are we? Where are we? Four four or five years later. Just the out the the Mitch. out the. I, well, I get it, but it's the exact same scenario. The previous administration traded the farm for for an asset that now they can't build around because there's no more assets. And guess guess who's not there anymore? The people who traded for him. Yeah. yeah. And, and also, under new management, any 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 player that gets set in that situation is is unfortunate and set up to fail. I don't think Justin Fields is going to fail, but if the Bears don't get their crap together, the possibility like, they're, is they're going to yeah yeah exactly I think it is. they're in trouble because he's still young enough, he's still green enough to where you can still ruin his career. So he's he's been promising. He showed his his electric ability. Um, but look, we've seen it before. We've seen RG3 come and take the league by storm yep. and then flame out, right? So Man. we've seen it be done. So they have to make sure they protect this kid. And let's be real, too. Like, with a bad team, somehow they were in a bad cap situation already. Like, you, yeah. there's not a lot of recognizable names on this roster. They had to get rid of Khalil Mack. Like, yeah. I hope that third pick, third round pick was worth it. Yeah, and the defense was supposed to be the the strength, right? Yeah, the they kept they kept Robert Quinn, but on it, let's be real. Like Robert Quinn, we've never seen a good season after having a career season. He's had three of them in his career, right? There's a reason why he's bounced from team to team to team. Has an amazing season, then the next year he usually underperforms. So yeah. hopefully he can break that cycle this year. But if they're expecting that and they gave away Khalil Mack, it's probably not the answer. Yeah. Only standout on that side of the ball is Roquan Smith, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You've got Roquan. Well, with my man, safety. There. there we go. Him. Yeah. And then they, they drafted Brisker. So I mean, they yeah. not Brisker. Uh, was it was it Brisker from Penn State? Yeah, I believe yeah, so. Yeah, yeah they drafted they Brisker. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, it's it's some hope there, but uh, <sighs> I guess after this season, we'll say, well, I guess it wasn't Matt Nagy's fault, even though it it was. It was. It was Ryan, uh, Ryan, pa- Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, all just them, like Ru- just like Rick Fox before them, like yeah. drove the team into the ground. And the all Bears right, are a story franchise. Nate, give us, bring us home. Give us your biggest lose of the offseason. The Jacksonville Jaguars. 
I, I so this is this Start is a little bit out after the urban area. Right. I mean, yeah. right? But here's the thing. So so number one, they drafted they drafted back to back number one picks. They last year they picked Trevor Lawrence. This year they picked Trevon Walker. Trevor Lawrence pretty much locked in pick. I think that was great. Trevon Walker. Don't love it. I think I think on a rebuilding franchise, you could have gone safer and gotten eight gotten Aiden Hutchinson. Um, I, I think risk it for the biscuit isn't isn't really what the Jags need to be doing at, at this point. I don't love what they've done on their they've signed so this this offseason they've had two offensive line transactions. One is signing Brandon Sheriff, which is great. He's all pro. That's awesome. Super good. And the other is signing they picked uh third round center, uh Luke Luke Fortner. Um they couldn't keep Trevor Lawrence upright last season. How are they going to expect to can like even compete, let alone win, if they or even keep him safe? Yeah. They can't do that. But wait for it. They paid Christian Kirk an arguably consensus wide receiver two twenty million dollars a year. Yeah. I mean, I, I get I get you have to replace DJ Chark. I get you have to replace DJ Chark because he left your franchise in sunny Florida for Detroit. Yeah. He went to Detroit. And you've got like, let's, he he didn't even it was it wasn't like he signed a long term massive deal in Detroit. He signed a one year, ten million dollar deal to leave Jacksonville to go to Detroit. Yeah, I like let's just like and your got, franchise is in trouble when you have talent like DJ Chark leaving you for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, hey, I don't know what they're gonna do at receiver because there is no true number one on this roster. So. Like you said, they Christian paid Kirk. Kirk, the third highest paid receiver in the NFL, isn't a true number one. <laughs> I don't know what they're trying to do there. I know they reset so like, the market, but not Woody, for themselves. Woody, I get it. Them. <laughs> I get, I get it. You're, you're like you believe in like. Yes, I will say this. Christian Kirk is the best wide receiver on the mar- on that team right now. I did think arguably the the second best wide receiver on that team hasn't even played a snap in the NFL. It's Travis Etienne. That's <laughs> true. At running back. Well, what's, wait, what, what I also want to hear is like all off season last season, all we hear is LaVisca Chanel, LaVisca Chanel, everyone's fantasy sleeper. Yeah. Blame it on Urban. Blame it okay, on Urban. Yeah. So are we going to see, should, is that a fantasy thing? Should people be buying low on LaVisca Chanel this year? No. Look, no, they no. let Urban, they, they let should be Urban. buying low on, yep. <laughs> they let Urban come into that organization and mess everything. He said, I'm drafting best available. Well, we already got a running back, Urban. So I want Travis Etienne. Like, what are you? And, and Lavisca Chenault is—he's a receiver, but he's—he's he's a Debo Samuel type of receiver. He's a guy you can line up in the backfield and do all these gadgets and and, and whatnot they don't, with. They them. don't run gadget plays though. And and then uh, look to Doug to, Peterson does. To Nate's yeah? point, Trayvon Walker. Uh, look, he has all the intangibles. He he has all the physical capabilities to. He has a super high ceiling. However, I think, um, you know, solidifying that offensive line and getting some protection for Trevor Lawrence was was yeah. a, a lot safer. Um, and that's probably what I would have done. I would have traded back, tried to get more equity in the draft and get somewhere between five and ten and draft the best available offensive lineman that was there. Yeah. I mean, or get the receiver. Like, that even, you don't I got have. a even question. Even at one, if you have to take an offensive lineman to make your team better for what it needs now, do it. Do it. Hey, can I point out, though, they didn't do terribly bad after Walker. The Trayvon Walker pick, the reason why I was kind of like weird about that draft pick, by the way, 
is you're getting a guy that you want to develop while you already have potentially your quarterback for the next however long. And then instead Correct. of adding the guy who's ready to go on defense and just kind of solidifying that. But then they turned around, though, and they, they ended up with Devin Lloyd. So, yeah, no, but I yeah. mean, that was a good, that's a good yeah, pick. Yeah. Devin Lloyd, a great pick. I love Devin Lloyd. I have a question for y'all, and this is a perfect little clip for the shorts if we want. Now's your chance. Last stop before final destination. Are you getting off or hopping on the Trevor Lawrence bus train? Oh, I'm on it. I I don't think I've ever been off it. So, so you guys think he's a bus? No, no, I, oh, I, no. Sorry. I, oh no, I'm Trevor Lawrence bus. is not a bus. Oh, I was never on no. that. I've never I've never been on the bus. No, you mean you're on the bus, right? If you're for Trevor Lawrence, you're on the bus, right? You're no, on the way. No, well, I no. was. I said what, what he's, what he's driving the bus. the bus that yeah. Trevor Lawrence is. I the said bus. that before the draft. Oh, after, after you showed me the percentage of his yardage. Here, Mr. Bus screen. Driver. Here, I need a ride, Mr. Bus Driver. If he fails, if he fails, it'll be one of the more epic failures that the NFL has ever had. Because number one, you're counting on him being one of those guys that's epic, right? Doug Pierce. Yes, you started the out biggest bust of hype. Sure. He was the most. Ryan Lee. No, it'll be, that's, that's still it'll be one of yeah. the most Ryan talented players. Russell. No, even more talented. No, than I, I think Trevor Lawrence those. takes it. I think Trevor yeah. Lawrence would be the biggest yeah, bus ever. Like, ever. If he well, does. Let's be real. If he gets the crap kicked out of him for the first few years of his career, like like last year, just absolutely destroyed. Like David Carr. I'm I'm just saying he already said there's life outside of football before he Look, started. Uh, he doesn't mean that though. If he falls flat on his face. <laughs> Over the next couple years, all I'm going to say is too bad he didn't go to USC because if he did, he'd still have Woody Massey lobbying for him to get a starting spot oh, somewhere. No matter where he's at. <laughs> I like that. Hey, I, 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 but like, he did. To be clear, so. <laughs> like Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence is the only reason that Jacksonville was in games last year. And that I get, Cincinnati yeah, showed game, some stuff, the Cincinnati man. game specifically, I was like, okay, this is what we expected. When they like went, he go, he, marched like, down the field, it was a close game, played really well in that game. And yeah. they ended up going to the Super Bowl, so that says something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think uh, just to kind of close out the Trevor Lawrence thing here, I, I really do think, I don't think he's going to be a bust. I think that having Doug Peterson, former NFL quarterback in there now, yep kind of having those conversations with him now can connect with him directly is going to save him. And I feel like this will be a, a huge jump for him, even with less talent around him than some of the other guys that we've seen. Like, I think that he's, he's a guy who can make the offense better on his own. He just needed the right kind of coaching. Maybe Doug Peterson's that guy. Uh, let's talk about some teams that aren't on this list that, you know, maybe they should be. Maybe they're in the middle, question marks. Uh, one team, Rain, I saw you had them listed. I'd like to talk about them, too. The Chiefs, uh, oh. they, with all the teams stacking up in the AFC West, they were the one team that said, no, we're going to double down. We're going to get more filled out throughout the roster, be less top-heavy. We're going to let, arguably, what a lot of people think is the, the gas that makes that engine go on offense. Tyreek Hill traded him for a, a farm. A whole yeah. minor league system full of picks yeah. to the Miami Dolphins. And uh, I think they did well. They they got some depth at Ed Rusher. Uh, they got more help. They got a starting cornerback out of it. 
They drafted Sky Moore, who's, I mean, Andy Reid's creative, and that's his skill set. It'll need to be used that way. Um, it's interesting to see, like, top talent gets you over the top. And they're saying we don't need the top talent. We just need to spread it out a little bit. Oh, man. The offensive side of the football is interesting. I mean, you got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at running back, Valdez scantling at receiver Juju honey Smith badger cj you didn't even bring up the saint sign honey badger a couple days ago Not yeah even more did. for their offseason i did i'm bugging oh up. did you i'm sorry i missed that oh, yeah, you're fine. uh i think you hit the nail on the head though on the defensive side before i jump to the offensive side because that's where i want to go but Loftus being there uh, Trent McDuffie, you you got two guys there that's that's a big deal you still have Nick Bolton in the middle of the defense uh Frank Clark kind of, you know, up and down uh, quite yeah. a bit. Uh, you know, the interior of the defensive line needs a little bit of work still. I like where they're headed, but I'm worried. I just want to talk more long-term game for the offense. Like, how long does Andy Reid have left, right? And what does this team look like post-Andy Reid? Is it going to assume the same identity? How's that going to go? And when I look at Patrick Mahomes and I look at kind of what they've done offensively here after losing Tyreek Hill being like, Arguably, the, the the reason the engine really goes on this offense, uh, just Travis Kelsey's not moving the needle at 33, right? You know, I mean, he's going to have maybe one or two more good years before he starts to break down, ultimately. Uh, you know, that's my big concern. I look at the offense, and I'm wondering, where's the production going to come come from? How are they going to stretch the field and, and really stress defenses like they're, they're used to doing with Tyreek Hill? They might be able to get away with it without S. Scantling, Nicole Hardman, but there needs to be consistency there that we don't, it's all unknown. Is Juju Smith a thousand yard receiver next year? Smith Schuster? He might have to be. I think he is. There's Brandon straddling that fence. Yeah, I don't think he? the Chiefs are, I, I think the Chiefs got worse. Like as a collective unit, I think the Chiefs are significantly less potent on offense than they were last year or in or in the previous two years when they've made runs at the Super Bowl. To be honest, I don't think they can keep up with the Buffalo Bills. I don't think they can keep up with the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. So this is, those right. those teams are those teams are going to put up points. I this don't is know. A take like, good luck. This is a take that might be a hot one. I'm going to say the Chiefs are just as good. I, I just think it's going to look a lot different. I think it's going to look more traditional. I don't think we'll necessarily see that offense scoring a lot of points. I think it'll be more efficient. And then the defense, they used uh, they had 12 draft picks. They used a lot of them on defense. And two when, of them to move up to get McDuffie. When you look at what the AFC West is doing That's right it. now, they all ponied up to to basically play Kansas City style of football, whereas Kansas City is like, well, you know what? We're going the other way now. So it remains it should be interesting. But as the league just, and we said sorry, Nate, real quick. No, you're good. Two the the two high looks that they're used to seeing, what you're seeing a lot of teams try to do to keep everything underneath. Same thing with Buffalo. Teams are doing that to them. Uh you're gonna see these guys start to try to run the football more. It'll be, you know, picking up Ronald uh, Ronald Jones, big deal. Uh, Woody's next favorite player. Um, and then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, having him and keeping him upright and healthy and all that, I think that those two are going to play a massive role in this offense this year. I think they're going to run a lot more this year. Yeah. Kind of break. 
Yeah. I, mean, I Ronald, I like Ronald Jones in that offense. Honestly, I was trying yeah. to avoid bringing it up, but I thought it was a great fit. Great fit. The, the why are you trying to avoid bringing it up? Because he's a. Uh... Oh. Yeah. I mean, the the, la- the last thing I'll say on the Chiefs is the last time they played traditional football and ran first was when they have Jamal Charles. None of the running backs on that roster are Jamal Charles. They didn't have Patrick Mahomes either. But that's fair. That's fair. Larry Johnson, shout out. Conspiracy theorist now. Priest Holmes. <laughs> I, oh, I thought we was just naming. <laughs> Marcus oh, Allen. <laughs> nice. Uh, Steelers. Let's talk about the Steelers real quick. Uh, what are they going to do with the rookie quarterback? So Kenny Pickett, hometown kid. He's been in that building. Obviously, they've been having conversations with him for a year. Years. Wouldn't be surprised if there's a tamper in charge <laughs> at some point. Um, they went out. They drafted Carl Pickens in the third. Brandon's been pretty bullish on he thinks he might have the most potential to be the best receiver in this draft. So having Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Carl Pickens. Friermuth looked like a good pick last year. They got Najee Harris. Yeah. Do the Steelers have one of the best young offensive teams in the league? It's, no. it's all on the shortest of Kenny Pickett now, right? Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far with it. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, though. AFC North. Best best division in football. All four teams got better this offseason. Brandon, he already touched on touched on Cincinnati, Pittsburgh were able to they were able to get their guy in Kenny Pickett. Baltimore had a great draft in my opinion. They got two starters day one, and then uh, who am I leaving out? Oh, the Browns. They traded for Deshaun Watson. So all four teams got better. The Steelers. Yeah, the Steelers. Like, Thank you, Nate. The, the Steelers, here's here, if I'm looking at this the right way, and I believe I am, the Steelers put Mitch Trubisky out there. They show that he he's an actual starting ca- quarterback caliber player. They let they Kenny, I disagree. I disagree. I vehemently disagree with that. But he, that's did, he didn't go show. to USC, Nate. You know what he's not going to give him I get a chance. It. I get all it. he so did like, was suck with the Bears just, let's, for you. Let's just, okay, yes, because that was all. All right, again, for another time. For another it was all time. right for about a year. Let me just yeah. do, let me just give the take on the Steelers. All right, so I think that they they put Mitch Trubisky out. They show that he can be successful. They let him run. They let him play all seventeen games, barring him barring injury. They trade him in the offseason to a team that needs a quarterback, and then Kenny Pickett steps in next season. I don't see it going anywhere any any other way than that because I don't believe that Kenny Pickett is NFL ready at wow. this moment right now. See, my take is the complete opposite of that. And this is a good conversation, Nate, but Kenny Pickett should be NFL ready right now, right? That's what we've been evaluating him and and kind of looking at him and thinking, okay, this isn't a guy that you're going to sit down like you would a Malik Willis, right? That you would need to kind of build your offense and structure things around his development. Uh, Pickett is more ready to go. You so know, I, of- I think you can say, I think you could say that could he start? Day one, yes. Do you want him to start day one? No. Hey, hey, look, I, I'm 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 gonna say this about Kenny Pickett because I'm kind of I'm hearing y'all's takes and I'm going back and forth in my mind. Kenny Pickett, I, what I think about, even though we say he's ready, Brandon, you think he's ready? I'm like, okay, well, you know, you look at his tape. He kind of left the pocket early sometimes. Kind of dealt with pressure, not the best <laughs> way at at Pittsburgh, but. Then I think about Justin Herbert. Same issues at Oregon. You turn his tape on. They said, hey, when he gets pressure, he's nowhere near as good. And then you look at him. So So I agree with you, Nate, to a certain extent. 
But then I also agree with Brandon. Look, the proper coaching and development. I mean, Kenny Pickett could be, he could be good, good to go year I, one. Like I, I'm I about hear you. I, I hear you. But they didn't even want to start Justin Herbert that season. Granted, he was ready. But oh, they here's did. What, here, here, here's what. I, yes, because that they. You're right. They they stay. I forgot about the, the intentional needle. The he, the craziest thing about that is. Justin Herbert might be a once in a once in a generation talent. That's oh, yeah. how good like we could yeah. be talking about Justin Herbert being the best quarterback in the NFL in five years. So like For I sure. don't want to like drawing comparisons. Kenny Pickett will never be will not be that. I'm I'll say it right now. Kenny Pickett will I not be the cat. It's not even a hot take. I mean, come on. We all agree that Kenny Pickett is not a once in a generation talent. Come on. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Justin I'm not Herbert have a that. rule named after him in college football. I'm not saying that. Uh, and the only reason I'm not sure. saying that is because when Patrick Mahomes was drafted 10 or 11 overall, we That's weren't true. saying he was going to be a generational talent. So I'm going I'm yeah. to just stand here on the corner. Um, but to be honest with you, I thought like he looked kind of funky in, those, I mean, in the Texas Patrick Tech Mahomes, uniform. Patrick Mahomes didn't have two-inch hands. So, I mean, like, it's real. It's, Hey, well, man, boys, we don't have uh, time to really get into it, but I would like to throw this out there before we leave. CJ, what you put in the notes, I've been thinking as well. I'm usually a year early on teams. In the NBA, the NFL, I usually am like, hey, this team has a chance to win it a year before they actually do. I, was that I knew he was going to like that note. I, I lo- I, I was, I've been looking at it, and I was like, <laughs> the Indianapolis Colts, this was already a good defense. They made it great, and then they went out and got a quarterback that's climbed the summit. The question on everyone's mind is how much has Matt Ryan at 37 have left in the tank? And with that offensive line, we've seen the stats. When Matt Ryan gets time, he still is an above-average quarterback. So that Doesn't it remind you of mm-hmm. yep. the L.A. Rams last year, yeah. adding these pieces? We're like, what are they doing? Are they doing too much? And yeah. look, they got a Super, R- Super Bowl ring to show it for is. it. So. It uh, they were my dark horse Super Bowl pick next year. Let it ride! Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. Thank you for tuning in to Football Scout 365's podcast. Uh, no free food today. We made it through the two-minute drill. Uh, after further review, is coming back in August, guys. We're and I guess starting... I'll sign my extension. Thank you, sir. Oh yeah, be on the lookout for the highlight videos that I'm putting. Oh out. yeah, we're gonna, the channels. We're gonna start putting out highlight videos of your favorite college athletes. One in the hopper should mm-hmm. be up tonight. It's 13 minutes long, but it's broken down. It's Bryce Young. It's gonna be a short throws medium throws, deep throws, red zone throws, and running plays. We're going to be your one-stop shop for NFL coverage, NFL draft coverage. We're going to be talking about all the future NFL stars a year before anybody else. And the first thing Woody asked, what kind of music are you putting with that? And I'm like, man, I didn't put any music. Well, I assumed it was Forgot About Dre. I I mean, that would Good job, Woody. Just on loop. (laughs) Way to keep them straight. <laughs> Way to keep them straight. Don't nobody want to hear 13 minutes of nothingness. <laughs> oh, no. It, it, it's a, You'll hear the announcers, all right? Plus, that's it's the only way we'll get CJ to ever listen to Dr. J. Oh, Chill out, oh man. God. We out. Yeah. We out. Cut the tape. All right. We out.